0: chapter by chapter in the book of Hosea. Lord, I pray you'd help us all to be attentive. I know it's hot, I know it's uncomfortable, and I know that the devil is, of course, going to try to stop us and hinder us. But Lord, I pray you'd help us to just be able to focus for the next few moments as we look at your word in your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, oh, well we're there in Hosea chapter number 1 and I'm excited to begin a new book of the Bible. And we were in the book of Romans and we, were consi- we, we finished Romans last week. We we're considered going to 1 Corinthians. I decided not to go into 1 Corinthians. The main reason to not go into 1 Corinthians... Brother Vincent, would you mind grabbing me a water? I put... There's a half a water in there that I was just keeping in there to get cool. I decided not to go into 1 Corinthians because it's so similar to the book of Romans. I decided I wanted to do something just different. Uh, the, The Old Testament is so much larger. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. The, the Old Testament is so much larger than the New Testament that I thought maybe we'd hit one of the Old Testament books and try to help uh, us get through the Old Testament uh, and not get through the New Testament so quickly. So Hosea, uh, I wanted to, to start with the books of the Minor Prophets. And just by way of introduction, I want you to know the book of Hosea is the first of the books of the Minor Prophets. you got the Prophets, you got the Major Prophets, and then you got the Minor Prophets. And the Minor Prophets doesn't mean they're any less important. It just has to do with the fact that their books the content in their books are smaller. So you got the major prophets, which is Isaiah, a very large book, Jeremiah, which is a very large book, Lamentations, which is a small book, but it's connected to Jeremiah, Ezekiel, a large book, and then Daniel, which is not as large as the other ones, but he's considered a major prophet as well. And then Hosea to the Malachi, you've got all the minor prophets, and Hosea is the first of the minor prophets. And just by way of introduction tonight, just so you know a little bit about the book of Hosea, not only is it the first, of the might of prophets, but the prophet Hosea, the man himself, was a contemporary with the prophet Isaiah. What that means is that they lived at the same time, their ministries were at the same time. If you look down at Hosea chapter number 1, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beri, in the days of... Now, notice, it's going to tell us in the days of which kings his ministry was during. It says in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now, keep your finger there in Hosea chapter number 1 and go over to the book of Isaiah chapter number 1. Let me just show you this real quickly. Isaiah chapter number 1. So, you're in Hosea chapter 1. Go over to Isaiah chapter number 1. And Isaiah is the first of the prophets. And, of course, the first man. Major prophet, and I want you to see the uh, the, the comparison here in Hosea one. It tells us, in verse 1, it tells us that his ministry was during the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Are you in Isaiah chapter number 1? Look at verse number 1. The Bible says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos which which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of... Notice, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Do you see that? So both Isaiah and Hosea lived at the same time. They ministered during the lives of the same kings. But here's what you got to understand. Look at the last part of, the, of verse 1 there in Isaiah 1. It says kings of Judah. Do you see that? Isaiah had a ministry... To the southern kingdom of Judah. If you remember, you can go back to Hosea. Do you remember that, uh, you know, you began the the nation of Israel there. You had judges. Eventually Samuel was the last judge. And eventually they got a king who was Saul. Saul was the king of Israel. And then after Saul came David. After David came Solomon. But after Solomon, the kingdom was divided into two kingdoms. And if you remember, there was the southern kingdom, which was called the kingdom of Judah. Which was uh, uh, Judah and a few other, you know, just another tribe there. And then you had the northern kingdom which was 10 of the 12 tribes and that was considered the, the northern kingdom of Israel. So you had two kingdoms there and during Isaiah and Hosea and all these prophets, they're ministering to different kingdoms. So Isaiah ministered to the southern kingdom of Judah and God tells us the same kings there to let us know that Hosea lived at the same time as Isaiah. But look at verse 1 again, Hosea chapter 1 verse 1. The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beri, the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah. And notice this, look at the last part of verse 1. And in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, notice, king of Israel. So, Hosea lived at the same time as Isaiah, but Hosea ministered to the northern kingdom of Israel. So, I just want you to get the, uh, the context of this book. He is a prophet who is ministering to that northern kingdom and what we mean by that is he is preaching to them God has sent him to them now here's what you got to understand the book of Hosea takes place and we don't know for sure but about 20 to 25 years before the Assyrians come to the northern kingdom and take over and take them captive eventually the Assyrians will come to the northern kingdom of Israel they'll conquer the land and they'll take the children of Israel captive and that will happen after the life, you know, the book that we're in, it's going to happen in about 20 to 25 years. Much further after that, the king of Babylon, if you remember, the king of Babylon will come and he'll take over the southern kingdom of Judah and take them into captivity. And if you remember, that's where we learn about Daniel and Esther and all of that. So I want you to get the context of this book as we get started tonight. And tonight, I really just want to introduce you. The first few chapters of this book are about Hosea's personal life and his family. And God uses that as a picture, as a a an illustration about His relationship with us. Are you there in Hosea chapter 1? Look at verse 2. We're going to try to go through this as quickly as possible, right? And we'll get out of here quickly, but I do want you to see the Word of God. Look at verse 2. The Bible says, "...the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea," notice what He says, "...go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms." And the children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredoms departing from the Lord. Now we're going to get more into it in a minute, but I want you to understand this. God told this prophet Hosea to go find a wife, but he said, I don't want you to find any wife. He said, I want you to find a wife of whoredoms. Now, you know, if that word offends you, I'm sorry, but that's a Bible word, and, and he says, whoredoms which is what she was doing, because she was a whore, that, and that's a Bible word, and I'm not trying to offend you, but that's what the word said. the Bible says, so he was to go find a whore... For a wife. He said, what is a whore? A whore is a very loose woman. A whore is someone who has many physical relationships with many different people. And he was supposed to go find a wife who was a a, a wife of whoredoms. He said, well, why would God do this? Look at the last part of verse 2. It says, for the land... He said, this is the reason I want you to go find a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. He says, for the land hath committed great whoredoms departing from the Lord. He says to Hosea, I want you to go find a wife who's going to be involved in whoredoms and you're going to have children of whoredoms. He says, and this is going to be a picture and a message and a representation of the relationship that I, God, have with my people. He says, because my people have departed from the Lord and they have committed committed great spiritual whoredom. So that's the context of the book, and the first few chapters deal with the family of Hosea. And tonight, uh, as we look at chapter 1, I just want you to get to know, I want to introduce you to the family of Hosea. And number one tonight, I'd like you to meet the man, Hosea himself. And what you need to understand about Hosea, is that Hosea represents, in this book, and in this story of his family, Hosea represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me show it to you. Keep your finger there in Hosea, and go to the book of Joshua. Now you should be familiar with Joshua. We've been studying through the book of Joshua on Sunday nights. Go to Joshua chapter number 13. Joshua chapter number 13. And uh, let's see here. You know what? Joshua's not the book I wanted you in. Uh, Let's go to Deuteronomy. I think it was Deuteronomy. I wrote down Joshua, but I didn't mean Joshua. I meant, let's see if it was Deuteronomy, not Deuteronomy. Let's see. Numbers. Let's try Numbers. I know it's one of these books here. See, the heat gets to me too. (laughs) Numbers 13. There you go. That's where I want you to go. Numbers 13. And look at verse number 8. Numbers 13, look at verse number 8, are you there? We've got to move quickly. Numbers 13, look at verse number 8. The Bible says, of the tribe of Judah, I'm sorry, of the tribe of Ephraim, verse 8, Numbers 13, 8, Oshia, the son of Nun. Do you see that word there, Oshia? Do you see how similar Oshia is in spelling to Hosea? Alright, you say, well, who is this Oshia, the son of Nun? You should be familiar with this. Go, look at the same passage, Numbers 13, look at verse number 16. Numbers 13, look at verse number 16. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land, and Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Jehoshua. You see that? Or Jehoshua. So there was a man by the name of Oshia and Moses said from now on we're going to call you Jehoshua and what you got to understand is the books of the Bible were different were written dur- during different eras and different time frames and as names were written down they were changed so this man Oshia who was renamed Jehoshua eventually was known as the man Joshua do you understand what I'm saying so Joshua's name was originally Oshia or Hosea. It's the same name. It's just as time goes on, they've been spelled differently. You know, and you can find, like Elizabeth used to be spelled with an S, but modern spellings are with a Z. You know, just names change spelling, and they change as time goes on. But I want you to understand, Hosea and Joshua are the same name. And they both mean this, the Lord saves, or salvation is of the Lord. You say, well, why is that important? Go to Acts chapter number 7 in your New Testament. Acts chapter number 7. Keep your finger there in Hosea, but go to Acts chapter number 7. Now in Acts chapter number 7, we have Stephen preaching a great sermon that is eventually going to get him killed, and in his sermon he's going through and explaining the history of the children of Israel. And in Acts chapter number 7, we'll begin reading at verse number 44. He's right in the middle of going through the history of the children of Israel. Acts chapter number 7. Look at verse number 44. Our fathers, he says had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses. So do you see how he's saying, he's talking about Moses, the tabernacle in the wilderness. Look at verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion He had seen, so we're talking about Moses, the context is about Moses, look at verse 45, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. Now, if you've got a King James Bible in your hand, that should read the name Jesus. Do you see what I'm talking about? Now let me tell you something. In verse 44, he's going through the context of the children of Israel. In verse 44, he says, Moses built a tabernacle according to what God told him. And then in verse 45 he says, Which also our fathers that came after brought in... Brought in the tabernacle with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles. Here's what he's saying. They brought the tabernacle that Moses built into the land of the Gentiles, into Canaan's land, and he said, They brought it in with Jesus. Now let me ask you a question. The Lord Jesus Christ, the, 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 the man that came from Nazareth, the man that was born in Bethlehem, the 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 man, you know, the, the God man who died for our sins. Did he bring in the tabernacle into the promised land after Moses? Now, if you know your Bible, and I know it's hot, but if you know your Bible, you know the answer is obviously no. Who did bring the tabernacle that Moses built into the promised land with the children of Israel? It was a man by the name of Joshua. Here's what you got to understand. The Old Testament spelling of the name Joshua, in the New Testament it spelled Jesus. Joshua and Jesus have the same name, the Lord saved. Are you following what I'm saying? Here's what you're going to understand. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and was translated into English eventually. The New Testament was spoken in Aramaic, written in Greek, and translated into English. So as you go through all those different times and as you go through all those different languages, names are spelled differently. You find, in the Old Testament, you find the, the, the name of the prophet uh, Elisha. And in the New Testament, he's called Elyseus, uh, you know? Just names change from Old Testament, to Old Testament to New Testament. Here's what I want you to understand. Joshua, if Jesus would have lived in the Old Testament, his name would have been Joshua, okay? The name of Joshua and the name of Jesus are the same name. Here's what's interesting. The name of Hosea and the name of Joshua are the same name. So the name of Hosea and the name of Jesus are the same and by the way all three names mean the same thing. It's talking about salvation. Remember in the book of Matthew, uh, the angel said, and you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, the name Joshua, the name Hosea all mean salvation. You say, "Well, why would God name Hosea the prophet by the same name that eventually he would call his son Jesus?" You can go back to the book of Hosea. Here's what you got to understand. In In the book of Hosea, Hosea represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I didn't say that Hosea is the Lord Jesus Christ. But he represents in the story the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to meet the family of Hosea. Number one, we said you meet Hosea who represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, I'd like you to meet his wife Look at verse number two. Are you back in Hosea chapter one? Look at verse two. The beginning of the word of the Lord. By, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said to Hosea, "Notice what he says. Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredoms, departing from the Lord." Look at verse three. So, since God told them to go take a wife of whoredoms, He told them to go take a wife who was a whore. Number verse three. So, he said, because God told him to do that, he went and took Gomer, that's his wife's name, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. Here's what you got to understand. Gomer, this wife, okay, Hosea represents who? Jesus Christ. Okay, Hosea has a wife. The Lord Jesus Christ also has a wife. Now keep your finger there on Hosea because we've got to do this quickly but go to the book of Ephesians. I know we've seen this before but I want you to see it again. Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. Hosea represents Christ. Gomer represents the wife of Christ. Who is the wife of Christ? Are you there? Go to Ephesians quickly. Ephesians is right before the book of Philippians, right after the book of Galatians. Ephesians chapter number 5. Look at verse number uh, 22. We've seen these verses a lot before, but let's look at them again. Ephesians chapter number 5. Look at verse number 22. The Bible says... Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So, Christ is represented by the husband, and the church is represented by the wife. Do you see what I'm saying? Look at verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but no and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are the members of his body, and his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Look at verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So here's what you're going to understand. Christ is a husband. The church is the wife. Hosea is Christ, the husband. And his wife, Gomer, represents... The church, you and I. You say, "Well, that's not very flattering." <laughs> Go to James chapter number four. Right after the book of Hebrews, you got the book of James. You say, "Well, Hosea is is the wife. Uh, I'm sorry, Hosea is the husband, and Gomer is the wife, and Gomer is a whore." And you say, "Well, well, Hosea represents Christ, and 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 the whore represents the church, the wife." You say, "Well, why is that?" Are you there in James chapter number 4? Look at verse number 4. James chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? The Bible says when you are the friend of the world, you are at enmity. The word enmity means you are at odds with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Go back to Hosea chapter number 1. Look at verse uh, number 2 again. Look at the last part of verse 2. For the land hath committed great whoredoms, departing from the Lord. Now, this was God's people in the Old Testament. And God's people in the New Testament is still it's the same people. It's the church, the church in the wilderness in the Old Testament, the church, the local church in the New Testament. Here's what you gotta understand. The reason that God gave us the book of Hosea, he said, Hosea's a husband. And he said, His wife is unfaithful to him. His wife is not loyal to him. And he says, in the same way way God says, my people have not been faithful to me. And often you and I can be spiritually committing whoredoms when we allow our friendship with the world and our love of the world to come between the love of our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a relationship in which we are not loyal Say, well, why would God do this? You know, often people like to talk about prophets. You know, I, I'm glad that I'm a New Testament pastor and not an Old Testament prophet, because often God would have these prophets do these visual, uh, you know, illustrations, and, and and you know, he he would, he made Isaiah. Uh, we'll preach a sermon on it at some point. He made Isaiah walk around naked, completely naked for a few years to, to make a point. He made Hosea marry a wife who was a whore to make a point. Hey, I'm glad I'm a New Testament pastor. I just got to preach the Bible. I don't have to. You know, God isn't asking me to do all these weird things. But you say, well, why would God have Hosea do this? Here's what you got to understand. God had Hosea go through this personal pain and betrayal so that if Hosea, as his heart broke, Hosea would feel the same way that God feels about His people. See, to you it's just, oh, it's no big deal, I'm just going to skip church on, on, on Sunday morning because I'm going to go to the park, I'm going to skip church on Sunday night because we're going to go to the lake, or I'm going to skip church on Wednesday night because I'm going to go do this other thing. But to God, it's, oh, you're going to go with your boyfriend now? Because you're married to God oh, it's no big deal, I'm, I'm not going to read the Bible today, I'm just going to go ahead and watch TV. And God says, oh, you're going to go spend uh, time with your uh, boyfriend that you're not married to? See, we, we we can make it easy and say, well, well, it's not that big of a deal, and, and it doesn't really matter, and, and my relationship with God is not that great. But here's what you got to understand. God says that when you got saved, He redeemed you, He purchased you, you became part of the church, and you are His wife, and He says, you, an adulterer, spiritually. And Hosea's wife was committing adultery on him and she was a picture of what you and I do spiritually every day. If I would bring you to Hosea's home and I say hey I'd like to introduce you to my friend Hosea he's a great prophet you might be excited and say oh I'd love to meet Hosea I've heard a lot about him I know he's a man of God I know he's a man who preaches the word of God if I would bring you to Hosea's house and I would say let me introduce you to Hosea's wife here's his wife Gomer you may not be as excited to meet Gomer you may say this is your wife Hosea I've seen this woman I've seen her out on the street not with you Hosea I've seen the way this woman dresses and the way she acts. I've seen the way she's us. Uh, this is your wife? Really? You might, not, you might not want to be as interested in being Gomer's friend as you might be interested in being Hosea's friend. But this Gomer represents you and I. See, you and I, often our pride gets to us and we think, we think God caught a great catch when He caught us. Let me tell you something. Hosea got the bad part of this deal and God got the bad part of you and I's relationship. As I would introduce you to the family of Hosea. Of course I would introduce you to Hosea who represents Christ. And of course I would introduce you to his wife who represents us. But let me introduce you to his children. Because his children represent our relationship with our husband. Look look down at verse number... uh, Let's see where I want you to go. Look at verse number 3. So he went... And took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived, and bare him a son. All right, do you see that? He bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to seize the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. So as I take you into Hosea's home, and I said, here is Hosea, let me introduce you to him. Did you know that he has the same name as Jesus? That's because he represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me introduce you to Gomer here, his wife. Did you know that she was a whore? That's because she represents the whoredoms of God's people as they betray him. And as I would, you know, you might see a a, a young lad walk up, and you might say, man, that boy looks a lot like Hosea. And I would say, let me introduce you to Hosea's Son, and you might ask, What's your name, Lad? And you would say, My name is Jezreel. Now, if you're an Israelite, an Old Testament Israelite, that name would be very peculiar to you because Jezreel is the name of a location, and Jezreel has a lot of national history. Jezreel is where Saul and Jonathan died, they died at the battle that took place in Jezreel, their first king. Jezreel is where Ahab and Jezebel, two wicked king and his queen, conspired and lied to kill a man by the name of Naboth simply because they wanted his vineyard and he was not willing to sell it. Jezreel is where God said that He would bring the judgment of God upon the nation of Israel because of Ahab's wickedness and because of Jezebel's wickedness and He would bring it by the the man named Jehu. So Jezreel has a lot of connotation with it. If you met a young boy and you said, what's your name? And he said, Jezreel, you would think, who would name you Jezreel? Because, see, Jezreel speaks about the judgment of God. Look at verse... Number four again. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. So God says to Hosea, I want you to name your son Jezreel for yet a little while. Notice he says, Here's why I want you to name him Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will avenge. Do you see that word avenge? He says, I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu. Do you see the name Jehu? You can go back into the Old Testament and read that whole story. And I will cause to seize the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day. Notice what he says. That I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. See, the name Jezreel... Speaks of the judgment of God. Remember on Sunday morning we were talking about the judgment of God that may be coming upon America. And this is what Hosea was doing. He had a son, and he said his name was Jezreel. And he would know. As people got to know Hosea's son, and oftentimes, you know, when you're the pastor, or you're the preacher or you're the prophet, people want to know your wife, and people want to know your kids, and people want to know their name. And as Hosea would introduce and say, hey, my son here, his name is Jezreel. People would know exactly what he's talking about. The vengeance of God coming upon the nation, the name. Of his son represented the judgment of God. And as I would say, well, let me introduce you to Hosea's second born, a daughter. Look at verse number six. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name Loru Hema. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Now here's what you need to understand. As I would bring you this young lad, Jezreel, you might recognize the fact that he's Hosea's son because he probably looks a lot like him. You know, my, my kids, often I'm told that my kids look like me or they look like my wife. They all look alike. But as I brought you this little girl and said, I'd like to introduce you to Hosea's daughter, you might be a little confused as you see this little girl, because you would think to yourself, well, this girl doesn't bear a lot of resemblance to Hosea. Now, there's a reason for that. Look at verse number 3, okay? Remember when we were talking about his son? So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bare him. Make note of that word, him. Gomer bare Hosea, she bare him a son. Do you see that? Go down to verse number six. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. Do you see that? Now, look, everything in the Bible is in there for a reason. When Hosea's son was born, the Bible makes sure to tell us that Gomer bare him, Hosea, a son. But when Hosea's daughter is born, the Bible is sure to leave out the fact that she bore him a son. And all it says is that she conceived again and bare a daughter. And here's what you got to understand. Hosea's daughter was not his daughter. So well, why is that? Because his, his wife was a whore. Because his wife... Was having physical relationships with other men. And here's what you understand. Hosea knew that. Hosea knew that this girl was not his. And the Bible says. Look at verse 6 again. She conceived again. You got to understand this. This is not just a book. This is not just a story. Hosea was an actual man who actually lived. Gomer was an actual woman. They were actually married. They actually had this family. And and you can imagine. when, when, When Gomer said to Hosea. I'm pregnant. And Hosea, being a prophet of God, Hosea, having a connection with God, Hosea knowing, well, that's not my child. But here's what's interesting. Yet he took her in. Yet he never mentioned it. Yet he he still cared for this girl and loved this girl. But you got to understand, would you think that that would cause a strain upon a relationship? I think it would. Look at verse 6 again. And she conceived and bare again... And bear a daughter, and God said unto him, God said to Hosea, Call her name Loruhema. So, why are you going to call her Loruhema? For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Here's what he was saying. This daughter's name represents a picture of Hosea and his wife's relationship. Because here's what you understand: Hosea no longer had mercy upon his wife. He no longer had that love and that intimate relationship with his wife. And here's what you... You know, today... Let me tell you something. Today... There are many relationships. There are many marriages where people may stay together because they don't believe in divorce and praise the Lord for that, but there is no love there. There is no happiness there. Every day they, they wish that they could die or they wish they could get divorced or they and that's the relationship that Hosea lived in. Now, if you lived in that relationship, that is a horrible relationship to stay in. But let me tell you something. Many of us have that relationship with God where there's no intimacy. There's no love. There's no mercy. And Hosea was naming this daughter Loruhema, and he was saying, I will no longer have mercy, but here's what God was saying, I will no longer have mercy for my wife. He says he's betrayed me, he says he has, he, he, she's turned my back on me, and this is what God says about you and I we put other things before him. I don't know if you really understand the deepness of this relationship. As I introduce you to the family of, and we're almost done here, of Hosea, I might say, well, there's still one more son I'd like you to meet. And I might bring to you a young boy, look at verse 8. Now when she had weaned Loruhema, she conceived and bare a son. Look at it again, there's no reference to the fact that it was his son. She just conceived and bare a son. As I bring this young lad, this young baby to you, you might think, well, he doesn't look like Hosea either. Look at verse 9. Then said God, call his name Loam me. For ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Here's what you understand. The boy's name means ye are not my people. Do you understand that? Could you imagine if you, if you met a young couple, and they had their little baby, and you said, what's the baby's name? And the dad said, I named him, you're not my people. He said, what's the baby's name? I named him, you're not my son. And why did Hosea name him that? Because it wasn't his son. You understand what I'm saying? Why did Hosea name him that? Because it wasn't his people. Do you understand what I'm saying? If, if, if I brought, you know, to today, you know, it's very common for people to name their kids after their names. You know, uh, my name's Roger. What'd you name your son? Roger. Why? Because he's my son. But what if, what if, I, you know, there was a relationship where they had, you, you knew that there was adultery and you knew that there was hoarding. You knew And you said, well, what's his name? Well, his name is Johnny. Because that's his dad's name. That's what Hosea was saying. Say, what's your son's name? His name is—he doesn't belong to me. That's his name. Because he doesn't belong to me. Because he's not my son. Because I married a whore. Because I've, I've gone—you know—because I, I married a woman that is not faithful to me. And you know what you understand? In the same way that this young boy did not belong, he didn't look like Hosea. He looked like his physical father. He might have had—he didn't—you know—he might have had the. He In the same way, you and I, God has purchased us, and God has bought us, and God is our Father. But many Christians do not look like we belong to God. We look like the world, we act like the world, we dress like the world. And if we would introduce you say, is God your Father? He might say, well, He's not my people. Wouldn't you hate to have a father who would say, well, that's not my kid. Yet this was the family of Jose. Those kids did not belong to him. You say this is a, a sad passage. We're almost done. We're, we're finishing up right here. Here's what you're gonna understand. Chapter 1 gives us this very dark context of the book of Hosea. But the book of Hosea is actually a book of hope. He gives us all these bad things, but look at verse number 10. He says, yet. You see that word yet? Circle that word or do something with that word. I I circled that in my Bible. Yeah. Here's what he says. He says, even though I told you all this, he says, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, that's a promise that God gave them, which cannot be measured nor numbered, and it shall come to pass, notice what he says, that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, because that's what he said to his son, right? He said, you're not my people, notice what he says, he says, in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. Here's what Hosea. here's here's the hope of same place that God said, you don't belong to me, you were born of whoredoms, you were born of adultery, He says, in that same place, it can be said to you, you are the sons of the living God, here's what that means, in the same place you got wrong with God, is the same place you can get right with God, you say, I, I'm in sin, in the same place, the in life you got in sin, same place you can get right with God. He says, in the same place that I looked at you, and I was disgusted, and I was upset, and I was sad, and I said, that's not my son, these aren't my people. He says, in that same place, I can say, ye are the sons of the living God. He said, it's a message of hope. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And by the way, that's a promise that only God can give. And that's a promise that only God can give you. I talk to so many people on the phone, and they all deal with guilt, and they all deal, and I understand that, trust me. I get that. You say, Well, my children won't forgive me, and my husband won't forgive me, and my wife won't forgive me, and my my you know, my family won't forgive me, my friends won't forgive me, they don't understand, they don't you something nobody may forgive you, and you may not even deserve forgiveness, but whether you deserve it or not, God is faithful to forgive you. And God says, in the place that I could not recognize you, in the place that you did not. Like my child in the place that I said, what, were you born? He says, in that same spot. I can guarantee forgiveness. See, the book of Hosea is a book of hope. So what's a dark context? It's a dark context, so you understand the context. God, and we'll see more of the life of Hosea and his family. But see, don't ever forget this. As long as there's breath in your body, if you are saved, You can always come back to God. You can always get right with God. He said, the unbelievers, they can cross a line someday where there's no forgiveness. We understand that. Reprobates. We understand that. It is appointed unto men once to die and after this judgment. But when you're saved, that's eternal security. When you're saved, no one can separate you from the love of God. When you're saved, no matter how backslidden you are, no matter how much you've given yourself to spiritual whoredoms, it doesn't matter. God will always take you back. That's the book of Hosea. Look at verse 11. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together, and appointed themselves one head. And they shall come up out of the land. Don't miss this. For great shall be the day of Jezreel. Do you see that? Jezreel had a negative connotation. God is the only one that can take something with a negative connotation and make it a positive connotation. He said, you know, by the time we're done with this, people are going to say, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. It won't be a bad thing that you were in Jezreel. They won't remember all the badness and the sin and the lying and the murder and, and, and the defeats that happened in Jezreel. They'll cherish the fact that your name was Jezreel. The book of Hosea is a book of hope. The book of Hosea is a book of a wandering church from her loving husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you for our church. Lord, thank you for the book of Hosea. Father, I pray you'd help all of us to be able to to realize that your heart breaks when we spiritually commit whoredoms. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen.